Hey guys, welcome to the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. I'm your host, Frederick D. Scott, and today is hashtag for the free Friday. This is the time where I come on and I teach you step by step all the things that I think you need to know to get where it is that you want to be in your personal or financial life. Now, before we jump in today's topic, I need everybody to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, leave a comment at the bottom of this video to let me know what you think, and definitely hit the join button to join the hashtag RealWokeLiveChat community. It is then by joining the hashtag RealWokeLiveChat community that you are eligible to participate in the hashtag learn to earn cash giveaway where I'm giving away a minimum of $1,000, a minimum of once a month. Now, interestingly enough, I uh, actually just gave away the first $1,000 last Saturday. Uh, our first winner was a young lady by the name of Kamitra Howard. And Kamitra Howard is the founder and CEO of Trapco, which is a shoe customization business. So she was the first winner that happened last Saturday. And I was very, very, very excited uh, to, to have a winner, to give away the money. And, you know, we look forward to seeing, you know, what her growth is going to be and, and how that money is going to impact her business, coupled with the financial literacy and business development uh, training that I do here uh, on the hashtag Get Real Woke podcast. So again, make sure you hit that join button so you can join the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat community. Okay, now that we got that out the way, we're going to get into today's topic. So today's topic is budgeting and saving. And I am a firm believer that everybody, everybody can save at least a dollar a month. And we're going to get to that uh, shortly. Let's go ahead and get into budgeting and saving. You know, now I was thinking about this, to be honest with you, and I'm like, dang, man. You know, when it comes to budgeting and saving, that's not really a an exciting conversation. You know, it's not really a fun conversation because, you know, like it's budgeting and saving. So it's like, you know, we're going to go through this and it's like, damn, how can I make this fun? How can I make this exciting? How can I make this interesting? I don't have an answer for that, actually. So we just going to get into this and we're going to see what happens. All right. So here we go. So we're going to jump into budgeting and saving. And the way I like to start off budgeting and saving, and by the way, this, you know, I, I wrote like a four and a, and a quarter page outline for this. And so I'm not really sure if this is going to be one episode or two episodes. So we're going to figure that out as we get along too. So let, let's just jump into it, see how we go. All right. So, so when we get into budgeting and saving, right? So first of all, let's talk about what is a budget? What is a budget? What is that? What does it mean to budget? So when you think about budgeting, so what, what budgeting really is, is an estimation of revenue and expenses over a specified future period of time. It is typically re-evaluated on a periodic basis. So a budget is basically an estimation of the expenses and income that you think you're going to have uh, in, in, over a certain future period of time. So it could be you know, over the next 30 days, over the next three months, over the next six months, over the next 12 months, over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. I mean, it's really up to you 
you know, how far out you want to budget. I think honestly that the best idea is to budget one year at a time uh, in, in the future and, and adjust as you go along the way. And we're, we're going to talk about that, uh, a little bit as we get into, uh, the topic of today's discussion. Now, you know, I, I think that you should have some five to 10 year goals, but I think, you know, when you're doing a, a, a hard line, you know, real structure, real strategized, laid out budget, I think you want to do that year over year over year, right? So, and you want to have mile markers where you're checking, you know, weekly on, on how your expenses are going and, and monthly you want to be reevaluating, right? And we're going to get into that a little bit more. Now, what is saving? What is saving? What does it mean to save? So saving is just money set aside over a specific period of time, right? So that's all saving is. Saving is taking some of the money that you make every month, setting it aside, right, uh, for a future use. So, and, and, and what you're saving for, it could be a number of different, you could be saving for retirement. You could be saving an emergency fund. So if something happens, you know, you have uh, some money set aside to go address that. If there's an unexpected expense, unexpected family emergency, et cetera, et cetera, you kind of want to make sure, you know, you got some money set aside for that. So savings can be used for that. You could be saving for a brand new car. Heck, you could be saving for a vacation. There's a number of reasons to save. Uh, you could be saving for a child's college fund. You know, there, there's a number of, of, of reasons why people save or, and, and what they're planning on using that saved money for, right? So, but the net effect of saving is, is really, really easy and really, really simple. You're just setting money aside every single month or every specific period of time that you've decided that you're going to set money aside, you're separating that money from your day-to-day -day money. And you're saying that I'm going to set this money aside for a future use, for a future goal, a future strategy, a future purpose. That's all saving is. Saving is no more complicated or simple than that, right? You know, so, so, let, let's let's take this a little further because there's so much that I want to say about saving because, you know, in our community, a lot of people aren't saving and, and you know, nationwide, a lot of people aren't saving and, and budgeting. And I'm going to get into, uh, you know, a little bit of um, data, stats, right? I like stats. So I, I want to lay out a few uh, data points for you to kind of consider. So according to the personal finance company Mint, Right. So there's this this finance app called mint.com that you can actually use to save and budget. And we'll talk about apps that can help you budget and and do things like that as a little bit later. But so according to the uh, personal finance company, Mint, 65 percent of, of Americans have no idea how much money they spent last night. So 65 more than half of the um, the uh, American population has no type of budget set up. They, they don't have it. They have not budgeting. They don't know how much money they spent last month. And that's a dangerous thing because if you don't know where your money is going, it's very difficult for you to, to plan for the future, right? So, you know, we, we want to drop that percentage down quite considerably, right? 65% is, is really high across the American population. And I, and I bet if I took the subset of the African-American demographic, our community, I bet you that the number would be even higher. I actually didn't take the time to find that data point. And honestly, I kind of wish that I had at this point, but um, I did actually not do that. So, but I would imagine that it 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 would probably be higher because 
when you look at data points like this, what you find is that in the African-American community, our numbers always trend higher than nationwide averages uh, when, when the data points to a, a negative sub, sub, subset of information, let's say, you know, savings, uh, FICO scores, uh, income, et cetera, et cetera. Our numbers, you know, tend to be trend higher for, you know, bad credit for not having a budget, for not saving, or the amount of money we're saving, or for low income, our numbers tend to be higher than, than, than the national averages. So I would imagine that that, would, that trend would remain if I looked at the budgeting data for the subsect of the African-American community. But the second data point I wanna give you is that 30% of people who don't have a budget say they don't make enough money to need one. Now, out of that 32% that they surveyed, I'd imagine majority of them were in minority communities, African-American, Hispanic, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to talk about, you know, because a lot of you guys are probably going to watch this video and you're probably going to be like, well, hell, I don't make enough money to save. I mean, you know, when you really look at my, 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 my income every month, by the time I get done paying my bills, man, listen, I ain't got a nickel left in my bank account. And sometimes my bills are, are higher than what I actually made. So I pay one now and I'll be trying to negotiate one later. I bet that's what a lot of y'all are going to say. And, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address that, right? I'm going to address that because no matter how much money you make or don't make, you need a budget. Like, that's just reality. You need a budget and you need a savings plan. And, that, and that's just real. So let's get into this. So... You know, when we talk about building a budget, I, I like to break things down into simple, easy steps for, for kind of people to understand, right? So uh, before building a budget, you have to set goals to understand what you're trying to accomplish. So that, that's first, right? And so setting goals, when you are building a budget, your whole budget is based off of your short-term and long-term goals and aspirations. So that's the first thing that you have to understand about a budget. So when you start talking about setting up a budget, here's some things that I would recommend that you consider, right? Write down three to four things that you want to accomplish in the next five to 10 years. Three to four things. What are three to four things that you want to accomplish in your personal financial life in the next five to 10 years? Write those things down. Don't worry, pause this video and, and write those things down. We're we going to do this now, right? We're going we gonna to get to this right now. So pause this video. Check that out. Write that down. Now, the second thing I want you to do is I want you to write down two things you want to accomplish in the next year regarding your finances. Give me two things that you want to do. Write them down. You don't have to share them with anybody. But pause this video and write down two things that you want to accomplish in the next year in your personal financial life. Two things. Now, once you do that, Write down one thing. I want you to write down one thing that you want to accomplish in the next month in your financial life. One thing that you want to accomplish in the next month. See, now we're starting to shape. You see how we're shaping the long-term goals, the medium-term goals, and the short-term goals. Because our budget is going to be based on these goals. And the way you're going to know that you're getting to those goals is by checking your budget month over month. And we're going to get to that now. There are six steps. There are six steps to setting up a budget. Six steps, right? In my view, there are six steps. Now, the first step is gathering your financial paperwork. If you want to make a budget, 
If you want to begin to build a budget, a good one, one that is going to be accurate uh, to your specific situation, the first thing you need to do is gather your financial paperwork. And what do I mean by financial paperwork? So I made a list of things that I think would, you know, be very important for you to have uh, in the process of building a budget. So you want your bank statements. You want to you want to get your bank statements. You want to get your any investment account you have. I don't care if you got a dollar in it. Get the statement for it. Right. Your recent utility bills. So you want the last two to three months of your utility bills. W-2s, pay stubs, 1099s, any credit card bills that you have, uh, receipts from the last three months. So, you know, a lot of that could be seen in your bank statement. But for you, those of you who actually save your receipts, pull your receipts down uh, for the last two to three months. And for those of you who don't save your receipts that are interested in saving your receipts, I'm not saying that you have to take your physical receipt and go throw it in a shoebox. No, they got apps for that now where you can actually take a picture of the receipt and it will store in the app. So that way you can keep a running record of all your uh, variable expenses. And we'll get to what variable expenses are in a second. Now, uh, mortgage and, uh, and or auto loan statements. So if you got a mortgage, if you got rent, uh, if you got either or mortgage or rent, uh, you got a car that you're paying on every single month, get those statements too. get those statements. Now, one of the keys to building a budget and making progress is to create a monthly average. So that's what we're doing, right? See, when you want to, when you're gathering your financial paperwork, what we're trying to do is create a monthly average of your income and your expenses, right? That's what we're doing here. So by you gathering up all of that paperwork, you're going to be able now to see once you do the calculations, what your income is and what your expenses are. And that's the first step to building a budget, understanding, you know, getting a good handle on what your real income is and what your real expenses are month over month. That's the first step to building a budget. Now, Number two, this is the second thing you need to do in my six steps, right? The second thing you need to do is calculate your income. Calculate your income. Figure out how much income you can expect each month. Figure out how much income you can expect each month. Now, here's the thing. That doesn't just mean, you know, your W-2 income or your 1099 commission income. If you've got any income coming in from anywhere, you want to count those things. And so some good examples of that would be like child support, social security, if you're getting veterans benefits, all of that is money in. All that's coming into your, uh, your bank account on a monthly basis. You want to calculate that income. So you want to calculate all sources of income so you can get a true understanding of where your income really is, right? How much money you actually have month over month. Now, here's the thing. Now, if you have variable income, and what do I mean by variable income? Okay, so variable income is income that changes every single month. Some months you may make $3,000, some months you only make $1,000, some months you only make $500, et cetera, et cetera. If you have what we call variable income, income that fluctuates every single month, my recommendation to you is to take the lowest earning month. So that means that if your lowest earning month, if you make, let's say, um, you know, you make between 
let's say $2,000 and $5,000 every single month, but it changes. It, it, it changes between $2,500 or let's say $2,000 and $5,000. Okay, look, take the $2,000 and count that as your income. Why am I telling you to do that? Because you're probably thinking, hey, man, listen, like, but, you know, I only made $2,000 like, you know, three times, you know, in the last year, you know, I'm more closer to making five every time. That's cool, right? But when you build a budget, you want to build a good baseline number, right? And if you build your budget on $5,000, right, what happens a month that you don't make $5,000? You see what I'm saying? Like the months that you don't make $5,000, right, now you're going to be short money. But if you take the lowest earning month, $2,000, anything above the fold is gravy. Anything above that $2,000 number is gravy because you built your budget and set your expenses for the lowest earning month. Another way you could do it is to take the average, right? So what you could do is you could calculate every month for the, for the last year that you made money divided by the number of months you counted. So if you made money every single month last year, right, you take that number, you divide it by 12, and you get the average. So you calculate, so let's say it was $1,000, so then we'll just take a nice easy number, $1,000 consistently for 12 months. Okay, if that's the case, then you would say you made $12,000 for the year. If you take 12,000 and you divide it by 12, you get back to the thousand. You see what I'm saying? So you're gonna do the, the same thing with your variable income because it again, it changes every single month. So you calculate it up, right? Calculate all the money that you made for the last 12 months, divide it by 12, and you'll see what your average is. You can work with your average too. That's an option. But I am a strong proponent of using the lowest grossing month, the lowest month that you've made money, the lowest month that you've earned, the lowest amount of money that you've earned in a month, use that. I'm a, I recommend that because you can't go wrong if you're using your lowest earning month. It's hard to break a budget in your lowest earning month, right? If your budget is built on your lowest earning month, what it's going to allow you to do, and we're going to talk about this more as we get into this, but what this is really going to allow you to do is see how much excess income you have. It'll allow you to be able to put other money, the additional money that you're making outside of your expenses in your lowest grossing month of income. It's going to allow you to then take that excess money and be able to invest it for the long term, like in, in, in retirement accounts, like uh, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, UPMA accounts if you have children, things like that, right? And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the different types of investment accounts. We're going to get to that after we finish budgeting and saving. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But now, so that's how you deal with variable income if you're a commission and, you're, and you're, your money fluctuates month to month to month. Now, the third thing that you need to do, right? The third thing in these six steps is create a list of monthly expenses. So you need to create a list of what your monthly expenses are. And let me give you some examples of what some monthly, some common monthly expenses are uh, for the common consumer, right? That would be your mortgage payment or your rent. It would be your car payments, it would be your insurance, it would be groceries, utilities, entertainment, personal care, eating out, child care, transportation costs, travel, student loans, if you have a savings account, savings, right? Because you're putting money into that savings account every single month. So that's an expense that comes out of your income. And while you're investing, what you're doing is investing for a future purpose. You're setting money aside for a future purpose. That's still an expense every single month that you got to calculate. Savings is an expense that comes out of your income, right? It's still your money, 
But remember, if I have $5,000 and I take 500 out, I've committed to putting $500 into a savings account every single month, for example, right? I only have $4,500 left for which to pay bills and, and do those types of things to manage my expenses with. So that's why I count savings as an expense. A lot of people will tell you that, well, saving is still your money. So saving is an investment. It's an asset. And that is true. It is an asset. A savings account is an asset at the end of the day. That's a fact of life. But when we're looking at budgeting, we have to count saving as an expense item because that money that you're setting aside for a future purpose is, is taking away from the money you have to pay your expenses for the month. So in that aspect, it should be counted as an expense. And so that's why I kind of listed it here as one of the things that you need to be considering when you're thinking about your expenses. Uh, now, to get a good assessment of what these expenses are, you can look at your bank statements, your credit card statement and receipts from the last three months to identify spending, right? Now, that's, that's very important. That's very important. Look at your statements. Like, don't guess, don't guess. Just look at your statements, look at your bank statement, look at your credit card statement, you know, look at your receipts for the last three months and you're going to know where your expenses are. Now, number four, number four, determining fixed and variable expenses. This is very important, right? So what does it mean? To, what is the difference between fixed and variable expenses? What does it mean to determine the difference between the two? Okay, so let's talk about fixed expenses first. Fixed expenses are those mandatory expenses that you pay the same amount for each time. That's items like mortgage, rent payments, car payments, uh, set fee, internet service, uh, trash pickup, and regular childcare. So fixed expenses are expenses that you pay for every single month. It's going to be the same price every single month. You know, your internet $74.99 a month. That's what you pay every single month. It doesn't change. It is what it is. That's a fixed expense. If you have a mortgage, you own a house, you know your mortgage payment. If it's a fixed mortgage, it's a fixed term mortgage, you know it's going to be the same amount every single month. If you've got rent, you know your rent's going to be the same amount every single month. So these are examples of fixed expenses. Now, variable expenses change every month, right? So that's the difference between fixed and variable expenses. Variable expenses like variable income changes and fluctuates from month to month to month. For example, what is a good uh, what is a good estimation or a good uh what is a good example, not estimation, I'm sorry. What is a good example of variable expenses? So how about groceries? How about gasoline? How about entertainment, eating out, gifts? These are variable expenses, right? Some months you have them like gifts, for example. Some months you may not buy any gifts. Some months you do buy gifts. So at that point in time, that's a variable expense. And it's an infrequent variable expense at that. It's not a variable expense that happens month over month. It is an expense that happens sporadically. So it's an infrequent variable expense. That's what gifts are. Now, but like get groceries and gas, I mean, you know, depending on how many places you drove, I mean, you know, hey, hey, listen, listen, listen. For my guys out there, check this out, right? If you only went to the script club, like, you know, two times last month, I mean, but you went to the script club 10 times a month before, 
I mean, you know, you're going to spend more money in gas. That's just where it is because, you know, getting back and forth from the strip club. You know what I mean? You went more times the previous month than you did last month. So, I mean, you know, gas changes. But these are, you know, I'm being silly. But that is an example of, you know, a variable expense and how variable expenses change and why they're considered variable expenses. Now, when you consider variable expenses, there's one thing. And when you when you're figuring out the difference between fixed expenses and variable expenses, one of the tips that I'd like to give you is this right now. If you don't have an emergency fund set up and what is an emergency fund? An emergency fund is a fund that you set up like a bank account, like a savings account that you put money in for a rainy day. Something terrible happens. Some unexpected family emergency happens. Some unexpected family expense happens. You know, you got a place where you can go and get some money out to handle that real quick because you set up an emergency fund. For those of you that don't have emergency funds, though, what I would recommend that you do do is to set up a when you're looking at all of your expenses. Add another expense column for surprise expenses, things that are unexpected that could happen out of nowhere and set a number to that, right? It could be, you know, 10% of our overall expenses. It could be 30% of your overall expenses. Figure out a, su a, a surprise uh, expense uh, category, put that down, write it down, surprise expense category, and place a number in there. And that becomes an expense. It becomes a variable expense. And that's very important because, you know, you can have the best budget in the world, but if you are not budgeting for emergencies, if you are not bud budgeting for unexpected situations, it's really easy to blow a budget if something bad really happens. So, you know, that's, that's, that's really important. You know what I mean? And hey, 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 for the record now, hey, I want to put this out here for the record. Hey, man, an emergency fund is most certainly not you know, for my ladies out there that like to look fly, fly, yo, the emergency fund is not for, it is not the, I need a new uh, Hermes bag. It is not that. That is not the emergency fund. It is not, man, I might, I might need me some retail therapy one day. You know, I might have a hard day. I'm only going to be able to work that out with some retail therapy, baby. So my emergency fund for this emergency retail therapy, that might need to happen. Nah, baby, that's not that. That's a one. And we'll get into that, right? The emergency fund is for serious situations that affect the family that need to be rectified right away, right? Retail therapy does not qualify for that. I just want to put that out there for the record. Hey, I just want to, hey man, I don't want no problem with my ladies though. Ladies, I don't want no problem with y'all. Don't be down there in the comments talking hot to me. Don't do that to me, man. I just want to, I just, I'm just, hey man, don't shoot the messenger, man. I'm just putting out a little factual information. That's it. Hey, okay. So listen now. So moving on. So once you've allocated, once you've looked at all of your expenses, you've gathered all your documents and everything, what you want to do is start assigning a spending value to each category, right? Beginning with your fixed expenses. So the first thing you want to do is start assigning values, right? So if I have, if I know my rent, let's say is $1,500 a month, every single month, then what I'm going to do when I'm doing my budget, right? Is I'm going to, when I'm looking at my expenses in my budget, in my budgeting spreadsheet or budgeting app, we're going to get to both of those. Don't you worry. What I want to do is I want to write out rent, write out the word rent. And if it's $1,500, I'm going to put $1,500 in that column. If I know I got a car and I pay on that car every month, that car costs me, let's say $250 a month. 
I'm going to put car payment, $250, right? I'm assigning values, dollar values to each one of these items. And what that's allowing me to do now is get a real sense of where my expenses are, right? So you start with your fixed expenses first, and then you move to your variable expenses. Now, how should you add a value to variable expenses? This is what I like to do, right? I calculate up all my variable expenses, and then I adjust them by 30% higher. And I budget for that. Now, if at the end of the month, I find that I've actually spent less money than what my budget anticipated that I would spend, that leftover money, I then go and invest, right? So that's how I do it, right? And I think that's a good kind of rule of thumb, right, to kind of work with because variable expenses, again, are variables. So you can take, you can do it one of two ways. You can calculate them all up, adjust by 30% higher and budget that way. Or you can just take the highest month, the, 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 the highest. So if you look at the last three months of your variable expenses, and let's say, you know, variable expenses, gas. And so let's say one month you paid, you know, $100 in gas. Next month you paid $150 in gas. Next month after that, you paid $200 in gas. Budget for $200. Don't budget for $100. Budget for the $200, right? And if it comes out that you don't spend $200 in a month on gas, Hey, good on you. Whatever's left over from that column, that money that you were able to not spend is now money that you have that you can invest somewhere else. Does that make sense? That you can invest into making more money for yourself, right? You can put it in an index fund. You can put it in, you know, you can put it in a, uh, uh, a, 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 an IRA, like a Roth IRA, an individual retirement account. That's what IRA stands for, by the way, individual retirement account. But don't you worry. We're going to get into all of this after we finish budgeting and saving. So don't worry. Now, so that that that's how you do that part. Now, number five, let's move into number five, right? So number five, total your monthly income and your expenses. Total your monthly income and expenses. Now, here's the thing. If your income is higher than your expenses, well, hey, man, that's a good thing. That's, that's a good thing right there. You're doing the right thing. Use the extra money towards retirement savings or you can use it to pay down debt, right? Because see, if you use the money, so you, you got choices here, right? So I like to use mine because I don't, I, don't, I don't run with a lot of personal debt. Um, you know, I don't, I don't run that way. So for me, I, um, any excess money I have at, at the end of a budgeting month, I, I assign towards more investments. But some of you guys have like student debt. You may have, you know, a car loan, different things like that. And so in that aspect, you know, sometimes what you can do is take that excess money and use it to pay down some debt because by paying down the debt, the monthly amount that you pay every month will change. And so by paying down the debt, you're actually freeing up more of your income month over month over month because you've paid down the debt some, right? So that's important, right? So you can definitely use any excess money that you have to pay down some debt and that's smart. Or you can say, hey, I'm going to take half the money and put it towards retirement. I'll take the other half of the leftover money and I'm going to use it to pay down debt. That's also good because you're growing your income, you're growing your retirement savings, you're growing your wealth, right? And at the same time, you're also paying down debt, which is freeing up cash flow uh, income that you can use 
to put in more into retirement or pay down even more debt, right? So that's a smart way to do things. Now, I want to talk to you about what is common practice in the industry, what's commonly known in the industry as the 50-30-20 budgeting philosophy. Okay, so what is the 50-30-20 budgeting philosophy? So the 50-30-20 budgeting philosophy actually works like this. 50% of your income should go towards essential needs, right? So that's like rent, your car payment, food, you know, uh, utilities, et cetera, et cetera, right? So 50% of your income should go there, okay? 30% of your income should go towards your wants, right? These are things that you have goals that you want to get or something that you want. You might want to go out to dinner. You might want a new pair of uh, shoes. You might want you know, a new outfit, uh, things like that. 30% um, of your money goes there. 20% should go towards savings and debt repayment. So 20% of your income every single month should go towards savings and debt repayment. So put 10% in your savings, put 10% towards debt repayment, right? Now, A lot of y'all that got to this point and like, bruh, I'm about to click away from this mess because this mess don't help me because I spend more than I make every single month because of the amount of income I make. Great. Okay. If your expenses are more than your income, then that means you're overspending and you need to make some changes. And you like, duh, I already know I need to make some changes. I need more money. Boom. Welcome to the hashtag Get Real Woke Podcast. That's what I'm trying to help you do, baby. Grow your money. So now, how do you solve it though today? You know, you've got more expenses than you do income. How do you solve for that? How do you fix that problem? Well, let me tell you some options. And for some people, this is just not a possibility. And don't get me wrong. I understand that, right? And we're going to talk about that, right? Because for some people, the only answer is, additional income, right? Because of where they are. And I understand that. But for those of you who that is not the case for, you got to make adjustments. And this is number six, right? This is the sixth item of what I think you need to build a budget and how you go about building a budget. You have to make adjustments to your expenses. See, if you're in a situation where expenses are higher than income, find areas in your variable expenses that you can cut. That, mean, that might mean that, hey, I eat out less. That might mean that, hey, I can't go as many places as I go because I need to save money on gas. Hey, that may mean I might have to cut down on, on, on my movie watching, going to the movies because, you know, I need to cut down on that variable expense column. Hey, that might mean that, you know, you might have to cancel a Netflix subscription or an Amazon Prime subscription or a Hulu subscription or a Peacock subscription. I mean, I'm just naming all the like different types of the, like streaming services that I use, you know, that I pay for every month. Hey, man, if you like me, right, you know, you definitely uh, have all these streaming services because you got kids and you be trying to, you know, find ways for kids to be occupied during the summer you know, things like that. So, you know, like you get these streaming services and you give them access to these streaming services. So when, they're, but hey, sometimes to be honest with you, it doesn't make sense. If you're looking at your expense column and you realize that 
you are spending more than you're making, it's time to cut back on some things. And that's not a bad thing. Don't feel ashamed about that. Don't let your kids make you ashamed about that or make you feel ashamed about that. Don't, you know, beat yourself up about that, right? You got to think long term. And sometimes the things you do today are not beneficial for your long-term growth prospects. So sometimes you've got to adjust what you're doing today temporarily to help you get over the hump and get where it is that you want to be long-term and be able to provide the types of things that you want to provide for your children long-term. And that's okay. So it is definitely okay to cut back expenses. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's no reason to be ashamed or feel bad about that. So I just wanted to put that out for the record as well. Uh, I'm turning the page here. You know, I told you I got about four and a half. And what I can tell you right now is that uh, likely, oh, we're almost done. Now, so, so now for those people who, you know, you heard that last part and you're like, hey, man. I hear what you're saying. I've cut a lot of variable expenses. Y'all, I don't have Hulu. I don't have Netflix. I don't got none of that, right? I don't go very many places. Don't go to the movie. Don't go out to eat. I'm on, you know, public assistance, all of those things. Bro, what you're talking about, man, I got mounting debt. Yo, listen, what you're talking about, I, I man, I done cut everything I can cut, and I still got more expenses than I got income. That may mean that you need to trim some fixed expenses and wait a minute, slow down. Cause I know y'all heard trim fixed expenses and like, you like, wait a minute, you just said fixed expenses is like rent car payment. Hey man, I can't be without a car. Ain't nobody. Like if you live in one of them states, like I live in New York, right? So you take the train everywhere, right? You can take an Uber everywhere. You're good. I live in the city. Right. Um, but you know, I grew up in California and California is a place you cannot be without a car, right? You need the car, but okay. What kind of car do you need? Let's talk about that. Do you need the latest, greatest 2001? I mean, I'm sorry, not 2001, 2021, 2020, 2019. Do you need that? Because if you've got a brand new car, right? And that car, and let's just say, because studies show that people that don't budget that are low income, right? So what they find is that that people that are in the low income category also tend to have bad credit, right? So let's say if that, if that trend is, and that status is accurate, that data is real, right? Let's look at it. Okay. You went out and got a brand new car. Great. Great but you got bad credit. So you got a high interest rate and you paying, you know, for a, a Kia Sorento, you paying like five, $600 a month. That's crazy, right? You need a car to get around. It doesn't have to be the latest and greatest car. And when you're trying to think long-term and begin to budget and to begin to open up the doors for you to be able to save, sometimes that may mean, and I know a lot of y'all gonna look at me like, oh, he's talking crazy talk right now. That may mean, to be honest with you, that it may make sense for you to trade that car in and buy less car. What's wrong? I mean, there's nothing wrong, you know, like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, you know, we want to be fashionable. You know, we want to, you know, feel successful. We want to feel like what we're working for 
you know, that we're making progress in accomplishing things. You know, we don't want to be the person people make fun of because we're driving around in a bucket. Listen to me and listen to me very clearly. Yo, most of the people you trying to impress, to be honest with you, don't care about you anyway. Let's be real. And most of the people you trying to impress, one or two paychecks away from disaster themselves. So who cares what they really think? I'd rather be driving around in a bucket knowing I'm saving money every single month and investing money for the future, right? To put me and my children in a better situation than to be driving around in some nice car. People talk complimenting me on my vehicle, right? And I'm behind on the more on the, on the on my rent. I'm negotiating payment arrangements with the utility company. I ain't got enough money to keep a full tank of gas in the car. So I'm driving around with a quarter tank of gas. And, you know, every time the gas light come on, I'm praying that I can make it to the gas station and put another five dollars in the tank to be able to get me around for a little while. I mean, I'm just keeping it real. Right. What sense does that make? Make it make sense. You know what I mean? So I just want you to think about that. Right. Getting a an older model car. That runs great. It's got a great engine in it. Yeah, it may have a couple hundred thousand miles on it, but it's got a great engine on it. And it's still got a lot of life in it. And if you just maintain it well, you know, it can get you to the next level, get you to the next phase, allow you to be able to save the money that you need to save to be able to get to the next place that you want to get to. You know what I mean? So I just want to put that out there and give you that to think about too. It may mean that, hey, 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 you don't want to hear this either. It may mean that you, you know, you got an apartment, you know, you got, you know, two, three bedroom apartment. You got a room for all your children and yourself. Amen. Got three bedroom apartment. What's wrong with a two bedroom? What's wrong with a one bedroom? I know that sounds crazy because you're like, we go all be on top of each other. Yeah. Temporarily while you save to be able to put yourself in a, in a better position. See, it's about priorities. It's about discipline. It's about sacrificing now right? So you can have a better future later. And that's hard to do for us. That's hard to do for most people. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is, what demographic you come from. That's hard to do for a lot of people because you feel like you're failing, like you're a failure and you're not. You're taking a step back so you can set yourself up properly for the success that you really want to have in your life, that you really deserve to have in your life. So I just, you know, think about trimming some of those fixed expenses. You know, now some of it is and just an increase in income right? Some of this is, you know, you've trimmed your fixed expenses. You know, you live in, in the lowest possible way that you can lower, you, you lower your expenses to the lowest common denominator. You've done everything that you can possibly do and it's still not enough. And that is just increasing income. And so to be honest with you, that's what this is about. That's what this podcast is about, right? It's about giving you tips and strategies and, and teaching you different things that you need to know financial literacy wise and business development wise to help you be able to increase your income. So that's the goal, right? That's what I'm trying to accomplish. Now, let's say you just bad with money. You know, you're the type of person where, you know, you get a dollar in your hand, boom, that dollar somewhere else, that dollar burn a hole through your pocket, right? I, and I've been that kind of person. I want you to know that I, I, it took me a while to gain the discipline necessary to be able to save and invest consistently in a consistent, measurable way, right? It took me some time. When I first started in my career, you know, I get a couple dollars in my pocket. 
Yo, them couple dollars is in somebody else's pocket in 2.5 seconds. Hey, I got to go, baby. Hey, man, like, so I've been there. So I just want you to know that I've been there. Uh, so I understand. Now, so let me teach you about the envelope system. So for some of you, right, that have a hard time, you know, with, with saving money, with setting money aside for future use, you know, there, there's a thing called the envelope system. And I want to tell you a little bit about the envelope system. So what the envelope system is, divide your cash for spending, the money that you have to spend, get you an envelope, right? So let's say it's entertainment. And let's say you budgeted $100 for entertainment this month, okay? Write entertainment on the envelope, put that $100 in the envelope, set that envelope to the side. Every time you want to do something in entertainment, like go to the movies, go out to eat, all that kind of great, wonderful stuff, that's all entertainment. It comes out of that entertainment budget. Once that month, that envelope runs out of money, stop spending in that category. You're done for the month. So whatever you put in that, that don't mean, oh man, the, the, the entertainment envelope out of money. Let me put some more money in there. No. Once the envelope is empty, it's quiet. You're done with that. That means no more movies for the rest of the month. That is the envelope system. It creates a level of discipline, right? It helps you with your discipline. It helps you understand that, hey, like once the money in the, that I've set aside in this envelope for this expense or for this thing that I want to do this month, once that money is spent, I just don't do that no more for the rest of the month. That can help you, you know, if you have a hard time keeping cash, you know, that's a way that, you know, you can go about, you know, uh, getting into the habit of only spending what you budgeted for. Uh, now, here's the key thing. And I think I've already said this, but I'm going to say it again. You know, I got all these notes. So I'm going to make sure I hit everything. Don't exceed your spending limit in a category. Don't do that. If you budgeted, you know, a couple hundred dollars for entertainment, that's what you spend. Don't spend no more than that. That's how you blow a budget. That's how you end up moving backwards instead of moving forward. Now, a budget, once you've created a budget, once you've followed all these rules and you follow my steps and you've got yourself a nice little budget set up, right? What you want to do is you want to review and tweak that budget as necessary. So what I like to do, I'm going to tell you what I do, right? Every week, at the end of every week, every Sunday, at the, in the nighttime on Sunday, I sit down and I review my week of spending and I compare it to what I've set up for in my budget and I see where I'm at, right? I keep tabs on it. For me, right, I've gotten to a level of discipline to where if I feel like I'm, I spent too much money in a category for a week, then that means that another category I'll spend less in to put the money back and recoup the money that I overspent in a category. Because every now and again, I do overspend in a category. Every now and again. It's rare, but it does happen. Um, and, and so the other thing that I like to do is I check, I adjust my budget at the end of every month. So what I do is I sit down at the at month end, right? I reconcile all my spending at month. I reconcile everything that happened at month end. And what I do is I project, okay? I look, I say, hey, was I on budget? Was I under budget? Was I over budget? And I make adjustments to my budget based on the information that I see in the numbers, in the spreadsheet, uh, and in my app, right? So, and, and that's what I do. And I think that's very important, right? So let me give you some tips. 
right? I just want to hit you with a little tips. I'm almost done, y'all. Don't worry. I'm almost done. I made it to the end. This is a one-week situation. Thought it might be two parts. It's one part. Hey, check this out. Okay, so tips. Let me give you some tips. Okay, so number one, if you work on commission, be more aggressive in saving to prepare for slow months. In the months, so if you're working for commission, you're on what we consider a, a variable income, right? In the month that you do really, really well and make a lot of money, save more money that month, put more money into savings that month. What it does is it allows you to be able to be braced and prepared when you have months that have not performed well for you, where you might be a little short on your expenses, uh, be a little short on income to pay your expenses. You have, you know, you've got additional savings that you can reach into, pull out to make those expenses. So you have to be a bit more aggressive uh, if you're on a, a variable income or if you're in a commission, uh, all commission-based business. Uh, you definitely need to be more aggressive in your savings. So definitely keep that in mind. Number two, uh, if you have cash flow issues because you you get paid once a month, for example. So this is an example, right? Let's say you get paid once a month, and um, you know you have cash flow issues because you only get paid once a month. So what you can do is you can project what you have to spend for that month and on the dates that you have to spend it. So, and so let's say like, you know, you, you get paid $5,000, you get it paid once a month, but you know, you got expenses on the first, you got expenses on the 10th, you got expenses on the 19th, et cetera, et cetera. What you do is, you know, when those expenses are going to come out. So when you get your money in once a month, what you do is you set the month's expenses aside, right? All the month's expenses, you set them aside in a savings account. So you ensure that as expenses come up, you have the money to be able to pay those expenses, right? So that's how you deal with that cash flow issue. Now, you know, now I did a, a whole credit series, but I want to know, I want, I want to reiterate this again. You use a credit card when you have the, the cash in your pocket to be able to pay that credit card down back to its 30% utilization ratio. And if you need to understand utilization ratio, go back and watch my credit mastery series. Cause I definitely talk about, uh, credit utilization ratios on revolving, uh, uh, revolving trade lines uh, in my credit mastery series. So I definitely highly encourage you to check that out. Uh, but yes, so don't pay with a credit card unless you know you can pay it back down to the 30% utilization ratio before the next billing cycle. Because I mean, if you're outside of your utilization ratios and you max out your credit card, it's actually going to hurt your FICO score. So you got to be smart about that as well. Let's say, let's see here. I'm sorry. Let's see. Okay, adjust your budget monthly if you over uh, underestimated your expenses. Keep an eye on large expenses that only uh, occur once every few months. So a good example of that would be like insurance. Some people have, you know, insurance that they pay quarterly or biannually, right? And it's usually a large chunk of money. Always keep a mind to that and always make sure that you're setting money aside to be able to handle that large expense when it comes up so your insurances don't lapse, right? Because it's a bad thing uh, if your insurance lapses. Uh, let's see. Next. If you struggle with overspending, switch to a cash only budget. What is a cash only budget? It's exactly what it is. If I ain't got the cash in my pocket, I ain't doing it. Period. I'm, hey, listen, I don't even carry cash. I got Hey, listen, if I I'm at the point now where if it's not in my budget, I ain't doing it. Like I rarely go outside of my budget. Listen, if you have a hard time, you know, overspending, 
move to, especially if that hard time is due to the fact that you will use a credit card to assist you in your overspending, baby, you need to move to an all-cash diet. That's what you need. You need an all-cash diet. If it ain't cash in the pocket, if you ain't got the money on you, if you ain't got the money in the bank account, not the savings and emergency fund account, but in the bank account, in your checking account, not the savings and other accounts that you're using for future purposes. If you don't have the money in your checking account, hey, baby, you don't need it. Don't pull out that credit card. Don't do that. Do not overspend. One of the things I want to stress to you, and this is another tip that I that I want to share with you. Once your expenses are lower than your income, budget towards saving goals uh, before you increase your spending. So let's say you get a new job, right? Good example of this. You got a new job. You're making an additional, you know, $25,000 a year. You're like, hey, man, hey, I see a new car in my future. Pop your color. Hey, no, that is not the case. Increase your savings before you increase your lifestyle. Increase the amount of money you're going to dedicate towards saving and investing before you increase your lifestyle. And if you do that, if you get into a habit of doing that first, amen, you're going you're to look in 10 years, you're going to look in 15 years, you're going to be a happy, happy camper. I'm just keeping it real. The other thing I want to tell you, right? Hey, look, spend time on this podcast learning other financial literacy, literacy skills to assist in making your money work harder for you. I teach a lot of things on this podcast. So a lot of this, you know, getting good at this and, and developing the tools and skills you need to be able to grow the kind of wealth you want to have for your life, achieve the kind of business success you want to have for your life. It's about learning new things. It's about learning new skill sets, right? So definitely spend time on this podcast learning all of the great things that I'm teaching, hashtag for the free, right? And check that out, right? Learn those things because they're going to make you better, right? So that's, that's that. Now, you know, I said at the beginning of this podcast, and I'm going to say it again, I believe that everyone can save at least a dollar every month. And what I want you to know is that what I want, even if it's nothing but a dollar a month, save it. Let me tell you why. Even if it's only a dollar a month, save it, save it, save it. And the reason why that is, the reason why that is so very important is because I need you to know, I need you to understand the habit, get into the habit of saving consistently month over month, even if it's a dollar, you are developing the discipline and a positive money habit of saving. Once you get comfortable with a dollar, put $2 in there. You've increased your savings by 100%. It's small, but you're, in, you're developing a positive money habit. And I want everybody to have positive money habits because that's really, 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 really important to me. So a couple of things. Of course, before I jump off this podcast, I got some goodies for y'all, right? So I got goodies. So to help you guys out, I actually wrote a budgeting spreadsheet. It's an entire workbook. Covers all it covers. It runs for 12 months. You don't have to do anything with it, but input the numbers in blue 
and everything else will calculate for you. I give this to you guys hashtag for the free. I'm going to drop the link for that in my description. And I definitely want you to take advantage of it. And I want you to know that it is a workbook. It is one of the workbooks that I actually use personally. So I'm giving it to you guys for free. The other thing is I want to talk to you about Truebill. I want you to get into the habit of using an app called Truebill. I use Truebill. And what Truebill helps me do is it tracks my expenses every single month. So what I do is compare my expenses on Truebill to what I have on my spreadsheet. I look at the two together and I see if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, right? So definitely check out Truebill. I'm definitely going to put a link to that in the description or, uh, you know, at least a, a web URL where you can go learn more about it. And I'm definitely going to drop the uh, budgeting workbook that I built for you guys uh, that I actually use myself. I'm going to give it to you guys as well. I'm going to drop that in the link. Hashtag for the free. So, yo, hey, y'all, listen, that's all I got for y'all today. That's all I got for you. So I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, I appreciate y'all, as always, for spending time with me. Definitely make sure you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell notification, leave me a comment at the bottom of this video. Let me know what you think. And definitely hit that join button to join the hashtag Real Woke Live Chat community so you can become eligible to participate in the hashtag Learn to Earn Cash giveaway where I am giving away a minimum of $1,000 every single month, a minimum of one time a month. So, hey, if you want to participate in that, hit the join button, join the hashtag World Walk Live Chat community, and hopefully you will be one of the people that the community chooses to win $1,000 or more on the hashtag Get Real Woke Podcast. So with that in mind, guys, I appreciate all those people that do support me. Uh, for those of you who, have, uh, who are watching the videos and haven't hit the subscribe button, hit that join button. Yo, what you waiting on, baby? Get on up in here. We waiting for you. We want to see you. Hey, all right, y'all. So that's all I got for y'all today. Again, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. And on that note, I'm out.